Today, May 16th, 2023, is the 50th anniversary of Amy's mom's death. Her mom died when Amy was five. Her dad died six years later when Amy was 11. That left Amy and her two older brothers. Amy shares how her brother is the hero of her story. If you are enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to rate and review. It helps others find the podcast as well. And now, Amy's story. Hi, this is Beth, and welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. Today, I have with me Amy, which I immediately love because that's the name of my sister. Um, We have all other kind of name connections we've made as we were Mm -hmm. talking before we started recording. Um, But Amy has a significant story to share. And so I'm going to turn the mic over to her and let her share her story. We did say that she has given me permission to interrupt if it feels like um, that I need, you know, we need clarity in the story that she's sharing. So I may do that. I may wait until the end. But however it flows is how it's going to flow tonight. So. Thanks for being here, Amy. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my name is Amy. Um, I am 55 years old. And this May 16th, it doesn't get any easier. This May 16th, 2023 is the 50th anniversary of my mother's death. Um, I was five years old and in kindergarten when she died. Um, my mother was a school teacher. Um, I have two brothers. I had two brothers. Um, my mother, my father, my two brothers, and I lived in a um, home in central Pennsylvania. Uh, like I said, mom was a school teacher. My father was a mortician, which I know is kind of interesting for some people. Um, uh, my mother's school was right across the street from the mortuary where my father worked. Um, my brother was a senior in high school in 1973. My older brother, younger, um, was a sophomore in high school in 1973, and I was in kindergarten. So I was a little bit late. My mother was 40 when she had me. So um, I, from what I've been told or what I barely remember, I went to school that day. My mother went to school that day. My father dropped my mother off at school. He went to work across the street at the mortuary. And sometime the morning of May 16th, um, she collapsed in front of her students in class with a brain aneurysm and never regained consciousness. So um, there's bits and pieces of May 16th that I don't know. So I was, as I was telling you, Beth, I had to call my mother's best friend this morning or this after school. And um, I asked her a couple of questions and she's, she's 83. And she said, well, sweetheart, she said she collapsed in front of her students. We called your dad. We called AMED, which was the ambulance company at that time. There was no 911 in 1973. Um, your father came, uh, went to the hospital. And after school, um, another teacher and my mother's best friend, Jan, went to see my mom at the hospital, but she had already died. And that was pretty much, um, you know, what she had told me. And she said, honey, what do you remember? And I said, I remember coming home from school that day and my father took me next door for 
whatever reason and sat me down at my neighbor's kitchen table and said, um, mommy went to heaven today and she's not coming back. And I honestly don't remember, I was five. You know, I don't remember that I ever got the, I, I don't remember my brothers being there. I don't remember anything. Um, we left the house and I, that night I spent the night with my grandparents, my mother's parents. Um, so I, I don't remember the funeral. I remember she had on a red, white, and blue dress in her casket. Um, my, my brother tells me now that uh, the, the line was so long, they had to make the viewing much, much longer because the line at the funeral home was around the block. Uh, the funeral was also at the mortuary where my father worked, which I'm sure was extremely hard for him at the time. Um, but um, we, I, we never talked about it. Um, so fast forward a little bit. Um, my older brother graduates from high school. Um, he goes off to college. My younger brother is a sophomore in high school. So it's my younger brother, my father and I living at home, which again, I, I don't remember a whole lot of it. My uh, elementary school years are kind of a blur. My, another one of my mother's good friends was my kindergarten teacher. And I, my mother had a lot of teacher friends. And I do remember um, my teacher, Mrs. Thomas, um, brought a pillow to school for me so I could sleep underneath her desk at nap time. And then she would let me sleep the rest of the morning because she knew I wasn't sleeping at night without my mom. So I have a huge soft spot for teachers. Um, so um, fourth grade, my um, younger brother goes off to college and then it's just me and my dad. So my, my father never remarried. Um, my father was an alcoholic. My grandfather, his father was an alcoholic. Um, it was a horrible existence. Elementary school was not fun. Um, I remember a lot of drinking. I remember a lot of crying. My father was not like a mean drunk, but he was a sloppy drunk, um, you know, cried a lot. And I was really mad about that for, you know, a really long time because, um, you know, I, I wasn't well taken care of. I, you know, my hair wasn't washed. My, I, my clothes weren't washed. Um, I, I remember taking lettuce sandwiches to school because my dad would never go grocery shopping. And I don't, I mean, I don't fault my brothers at all because they weren't home. And the only time, excuse me, the only time that um, I really had uh, like good lunches and good meals was when I was at my Nana and my Papa's house. So fourth grade was 1976 and I was pretty comfortable with my mother's parents. They, um, I, again, a little backstory. I, I hate to keep, I feel like I'm repeating, I'm not repeating myself, but I'm forgetting things. Um, my mother's parents were wealthy. My father was, or my grandfather was a mechanical engineer, retired from the Pennsylvania Railroad. They live in a beautiful home, beautiful garden. My father's, my father was the wrong side of the tracks guy. And I don't really think that my grandparents were, my mother's parents were crazy about when they got married. That's my own opinion. Uh, so fourth grade, 1976, um, I spent pretty much every weekend with my, with my grandparents, my mother's mom and dad. 
and uh, Christmas of 1976, my grandfather died. So my mother's father died three years after she did. Um, so I, I still stay with my, you know, I still stay with my Nana a lot. Um, my dad's drinking was out of control. He would show up to my school events drunk, horrendously embarrassing me. Um, he was in accidents. He ended up losing his job. His last job um, that he had that I remember was he, so he went from being a really, you know, smart man, went to a very good mortuary institute school in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm sure he made decent money. I mean, I'm, I'm not, we, we had a nice home, we don't, you know, but his last job was delivering newspapers, like a rural route to which I'm sure that he was sleeping around. I'm positive that he was just, just remember listening to the gross phone calls and women that would show up at our door. And, you know, I'm nine years old, 10 years old. So um, I, I just, I just don't remember, like, I don't remember my brothers coming home for college breaks. I just don't either. I just never, I just don't remember. So um, my brother graduated from college in 19, 78, a school teacher, and was substitute teaching and working all the summers painting lines for PennDOT or the whatever the road place what company was at that time. And uh, and like and like I said, my my dad was just gross. I I don't have a lot of nice words. So March of nineteen seventy nine. I was in sixth grade and living with my older brother and my dad. And like I said, my dad was still drinking and it was horrible. And my brother had just met a girl and they were dating. And sometimes I would get to go to her, like to her parents' house for dinner or whatever. And so um, I was invited to be in the all city orchestra. And um, I got a ride back and forth with a friend's mom. I have lots of, lots of, kudos to say about my girlfriend's parents. I'll talk about that at the end. But um, I came home from All City Orchestra and um, my brother was there to tell me that my father had died of a massive heart attack on the couch. And I'll tell you what, you know, you would think that I'd be all upset and I don't remember crying. I don't remember shedding a tear that day because I was so pissed at the life that he had made for me, you know, after uh, my mother died. So um, I'm now 11 years old. My mom died when I was five. My dad was now dead. And I had um, two brothers and a grandma. So um, I've never, my brother and I have never sat down and like really talked about that time. Um, he was 22 years old and I'm sure there had to have been a discussion down the line somewhere of, you know, what are we gonna do with Amy? There, ha there had to have been, there had to have been. Um, my uncle lived about an hour away. My brother, my father's brother and his wife um, also an alcoholic, 
married to an alcoholic. <laughs> uh, so as it turned out, my 22-year-old brother stepped up and became my legal guardian and raised me. So there he is, 22, you know, raising an 11-year-old. And my, and my father left a mortgage. He left a house that was, you know, it was okay, but it was very dated, early 1970s. Everything was golden, dark green. Um, so um, I went into seventh grade. He got a job teaching school, a full-time teaching position, uh, ironically, at the same school where my mother taught. So when, you, when, you're, when you're teaching at the same school where your mother died, you know, there's still a lot of teachers there that um, know your story, um, you know, and I'm sure really engulfed him. And um, so he, he was a teacher and ended up when I was in ninth grade, um, marrying the girl that, you know, he was dating at that time, my sister-in-law now, they've been married 41 years. Um, but when I think back and I think to myself, how in the world did newlywed people, you know, freshly married, have a 12 year old move in with them? Because there I was, you know, and I was not easy. It was not, I was mad for a long time. I was not nice to my sister-in-law all the time. I was very jealous of her. I was very jealous that, you know, my brother loves somebody else because if anything happened to him, what in the world would happen to me? So um, I, was really, I was really mad about that for a really, really long time. And I'm sure that I gave her a hard time. I know that I gave her a hard time. Um, so my, my other brother who I haven't spoken about very often, um, uh, I'm sorry, my, gra my grandmother, my mother's mother died then in 1986 when I was a freshman in college. Again, my brother put me through college I had no college loans when I came out of school. He um, bought my prom gowns for me. He was very, very strict. Like I didn't date till I was 17, 18 years old. I didn't get a driver's license till I was like 21, which he will tell you was my fault. But um, yeah, my brother, my brother and my sister-in-law um, completely stepped up, completely stepped up and um, you know raised me. So um, my younger brother, who was two years, you know, older than me, but two, just two years younger than my older brother, it would be easier to say names. I just don't want to. <laughs> um, ended up being in college for about nine years and just completely drinking and partying, and um, married a beautiful, beautiful person and had a beautiful daughter together, my niece. And, but he just, he couldn't escape the demons and he died in 2005. So, um, yeah, I will, I will say that, you know, after when I went away to college, I never, I never came back home. Like I never came home on breaks. I never came home in summers. I think just because I, I wanted my independence so badly and I just didn't want to infringe anymore on my brother and my sister-in-law, even though they love me and I was home on holidays and, you know, I have a niece and a nephew now too. Um, but it, it was hard. And in college, there was a lot of drinking for me, a lot of partying, a lot of, 
probably hanging out with with people that I should not have been around. Um, I graduated from school with a social work degree and got a job in 1989 um, as a drug and alcohol counselor, believe it or not. So I was counseling heroin and cocaine addicts in Center City, Harrisburg. And um, living with a family friend, no boyfriend. I didn't have any real friends. I had really lost contact with all of my friends from high school. Um, so the family friend that I was living with said, hey, um, my friend Susie has a son. I think he just graduated from physical therapy school. Maybe I could just, you know, you guys could just be friends or whatever. And and uh, I, I realized the story kind of drifts away from my mother's death, but it it all comes back. Um, so I was like, oh, you know, okay. So I had a blind date in 1989 and I'm still married to that blind date today, 31 years later. And again, um, I think God brings people into your life that he knows you need them before you know you need them. So when I met my husband, his name is Chris. When I met Chris, Chris came from a cookie cutter family. Leave it to Beaver. Um, you know, mom was a secretary. Dad worked for a trucking company. Always a hot meal on the table. Always, you know, good pack lunches. She raised four boys on a minimal income with such faith in the Lord that, you know, it just overpowered a lot. So um, the first Christmas that I was with him, we went to his family Christmas party. And I was like, all these people belong to you? Because I only had my brothers. And all these, all these people are like praying and eating together and laughing and singing Christmas carols. It was totally unlike anything I had ever experienced because I mean, I literally like grew up Christmases just praying my dad wouldn't get loaded. So like I said, we got married in, in 1992 and my brother gave me away. Um, actually, both of my brothers walked me down the aisle. Um, my brother bought me my wedding gown. So there's always been that really great relationship that the two and I have because he was almost like, you know, my mom to me, my mother, my father, my brother, my, you know, everything. So, you know, I always, I always tell people the hero of this whole story is him because had it not been for him, I don't know what would have happened to me. Um, but I, I do recall that I, I, my husband, my now husband, Chris, and, you know, said, maybe you should seek some counseling, um, you know, before we get married. And, um, I, I did go to a counselor cause I was so sad that my mom was not going to be there. I was so sad that she wasn't able to share, you know, in this whole experience with me and the last day of counseling before my wedding, the lady said to me, you know, how are you? I'm like, good, blah, 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 wedding plans. And she's like, you're getting married next week. And I was like, I know, I'm so excited. She goes, and your mom's not going to be there. And I was like, yeah, you're right. She's not. And it just kind of hit me that I was always so jealous of my friends that had moms. And it was always such a relationship that I like yearn for so badly. And my sister-in-law is a wonderful person and her mother, wonderful person. 
but it's not my mom, you know? Um, my mother-in-law is a still a lot, you know, wonderful lady, not my mom. I hate Mother's Day. I really, really don't like Mother's Day. Um, so in 2005, my brother died, my younger one, like I said, an alcoholic. And um, by that time, you know, Chris and I had been married and uh, my son was born in 94. And my daughter, who I named after my mother, my daughter, Anne, uh, was born in 96. And I'll tell you what, there is just something about becoming a mother that is so, so wonderful. And at the same time, I think so, so hard because you realize then everything your mother missed. You know, my mother didn't see me go to middle school. She didn't see me graduate from high school. She didn't, she didn't watch me, um, you know, after the kids were both born, uh, I was teaching Sunday school and I was doing vacation Bible school and um, I had accepted the Lord um, before Chris and I got married. I accepted Christ into my life. And um, Chris is like, you know, why don't you go back and teach? I'm like, I am 30 years old, 31 years old. And I'm like, I can't go back to college now. But I did. He encouraged me and I went and got my master's degree in education. And now I, you know, my brother teases me now. He's like, I told you to do it when you were 18. Um, you know, I went back and I got my education degree. So I am a school teacher now, just like my mother and my brother and my grandmother and my aunt and, you know, my niece were all school teachers. Um, but having my, having my kids born and I feel like I'm jumping all over the place, but, um, you just sit back and you, and there is nothing I would not do for them. There's nothing that I would not, you know, just give up for them. Or I just, I just love being their mom so much. I tell them it's the most important job. The most the best thing I ever did in my life was have my kids. Best thing I ever did. And so my son, um, they both went to college in my son in 2013, my daughter in 2015. I'm very, very proud that, you know, my, my son is gonna be ordained. My son is gonna be ordained as a minister in, you know, in a few weeks. My daughter is a doctor of pharmacy. She has her pharmaceutical degree. She's a pharmacist. So proud, I'm just so proud of them. And I just, we're so bad that I could just pick up the phone and say, Mom, guess what? No, guess what? And I think it really all came um, to a head. Uh, my son got married in 2017. Beautiful girl. I love her so much. And um, she also comes from a very, very nice, loving Christian family. Um, so my son and uh, my daughter-in-law uh, on March the 8th blessed me with a granddaughter. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, that phone call that a healthy baby girl was born, um, I was literally, I think I had a panic attack. I think I had, I was here by myself because I was homesick from school. And I think just the, just this utter finding out that I was a grandmother, um, I was 
pacing my house and I, and I kept saying over and over, I got to call my mom. I got to call my mom. I need to talk to my mom. And I called my brother, who was my mom. And I'm, he answered the phone and I said, it's a girl, it's a girl, it's a girl. And he's, and I must not have been like audible. He kept, he kept saying, Amy, stop. He was yelling at me and he's like, who was with you? And I was like, nobody, I'm here by my, I was so overcome. And he's like, you need to sit down. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so I have, you know, a granddaughter now and all these things, all these, all this time, all this stuff, you know, I just, I miss her every single day. I would, I would give, I, you know, I've said to my husband, I'm like, I would give my left arm just to spend five minutes with her and as adult, you know, cause I don't remember. I don't, I just don't have those, you know, childhood memories. I, I went to school one day and I came home and she was gone, you know, so, um, but it's, I'm, I've been blessed. God has been so good to me. So good to me. He brought Chris into my life and my kids. Oh, I just, I love my kids so much and that baby. Oh. So I named um, my daughter after my mother. My daughter's name is Anne. Um, I named her after my mom because there was, there just wasn't an option. There wasn't any other name, you know, to choose from. She's the middle name and everything it's her so so may 16th yeah i'm gonna um i'm gonna go back home to where my mother is buried and have lunch with her two best friends or a best friend and a fellow school teacher they're both in their 80s um i'm gonna go back and have lunch with them and then i'm gonna go to the cemetery and plant some flowers and just spend some time with her and you know, I, I tell her everything i you know i i speak to her daily so but it's just it's hard um, not having, not having the memories, you know, I don't, um, that's also been a challenge, like for listeners, if they have the same as me, um, you know, I'm 55, I, my mother didn't live to see 46, so um, I will, you know, and my, I'll go to the doctor, and they'll say, well, tell me your family history, I don't know, I don't have a family history, so um, in 2000, during the pandemic, I actually um, had, a series of blood tests done and um, I had the bracket gene work up and the whole thing. Cause I don't know if my mother, my, my mother's sister um, who I really had no relationship with died of breast cancer. So, you know, could my mother have had the same thing? My, my mother was a very heavy smoker four four packs a day. Uh, yeah. And um, like when I was born, I was only a little under five pounds. I'm sure she smoked in 1967 the whole time she was pregnant with me. But there's a lot of unanswered questions, you know. Um, but and the only person that I really have that was her friend was, you know, her friend Jan, who I'm going to have lunch with. Um, but it, I got in contact with Jan about 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, we kind of lost touch when I was in college and all. But I wrote her a letter and I and I made little flowers um, along. Um, the paper and, and she called me and she goes oh my goodness and I'm like what and she goes your mother did the exact same thing and I said what and she said the little flowers and I was like really and she goes it's so crazy so that was kind of cool but so yeah so it was a 
crappy childhood with a happy ending. And like I said, the hero, the hero here is my brother, 22 yeah. year old kid that stepped up to, um, you know, take care of a 11 year old brat. It was, mm. it was a lot, but it, mm. it was life changing because if you'll notice throughout my whole discussion, I haven't mentioned my dad. I guess that's a, another podcast, huh? Mm. I have, and I was, I was mad at him for a long time too. But then I think to myself, how would I feel if I dropped my wife off at work and at 11 o'clock I was having her sent to the sister mortuary down the street so I wouldn't have to take care of it? You know, mm -hmm. so I'm sure he had it rough too, but he chose vodka and beer over his kids. Mm -hmm. He did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but. Uh, did your dad, was your dad a drinker before your mom died? I think my parents were pretty partiers, not in like um, as bad as it was after she died, but they were very social. Um, they belonged to a um, like a social type club in our town. And I remember, um, I just remember one time, I must, it must have been the Christmas before my mother died, um, that we went to a big Christmas party and everybody was smoking and drinking and uh, it was in a big like auditorium. And uh, so I, I think they were social drinkers, but I also, um, I don't think that um, my mother was as bad as he was. My father's father was an alcoholic as well. So, um, yeah, so a mm -hmm. mm -hmm. lot, of, lot of drinking going on in my family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, and you said that you did have some drinking and partying when you were in college, but oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, my husband and I. I'll, I mean, I'll have a glass of wine, and but I don't feel the need. Like I just don't feel. I never wanted my children to see what I saw. Mm -hmm. You know, and the things that I saw. You know. And like I said, he wasn't, a, he wasn't mean, but um, I could never have sleepovers. I could never do anything because he'd be drunk mm -hmm. and, you know, vomiting on the floor, walking through it and falling, you know, yeah. walking around naked, just it totally inappropriate stuff that a seven-year-old should not, you know, see. Mm -hmm. So I never wanted my kids, you know, to see anything, anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, now when when my kids were a little bit of did we drink in front of them yeah probably you know but not not nothing yeah and at, you know funny things um I do remember about my dad is you know I told you he was a mortician and so when he would pick me up sometimes at school for lunch back then you didn't eat lunch at school um, I don't know if you've had that at your elementary school but we didn't have a lunch program in the 1970s you know, 74 75 you walked to school, you walked home at lunch, you walked back to school, and then you walked home again. So sometimes he would pick me up in a white hearse at my elementary school, sometimes with a body in the back. And I, I always smelled like chrysanthemums and, you know, carnations. And we go to a bar. This was when he was working. He'd, he'd pick me up, put me on the bar. I'd get a hot dog or a hamburger and a Pepsi. He'd drink a shot and a beer, maybe have something to eat, put me back in the hearse, left the body in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm -hmm. And then take me back to second grade or whatever. And that, you know, that was my life. And when my brothers were both gone, if he got a call in the middle of the night, 
then I was in the car two, three o'clock in the morning to the hospital, picking up a body, going back to the mortuary or they had like a um, lounge in the back of the mortuary that had a TV and a refrigerator and a couch. So I had a blanket and a couch or a blanket and a pillow right there that was for me because I was there a lot while he'd come out in total embalmer's garb, you know, the big gloves, the apron wrapped around them, the whole thing. And I could hear him, you know, suctioning and sawing and doing whatever he had to do to get a body ready while I was watching the Flintstones. It was a crazy mm-hmm. life. It really, really was a crazy life mm-hmm. until everything, like I said, went south and then he died in 79. So, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. I, and no one stepped in or got involved. You know, that's a really good question because now as a school teacher, you <laughs> know, I'm thinking here in 2023, yeah. mandated reporting, like I've made several calls in my career to child line to, um, there was not one social worker, there was not one visit, there was not one anything, except I do remember when I was in kindergarten, my dad went to work, my aunt came over to the house, and at that time, the first grade teacher who was going to have you the next year made a house visit, and I got I had to be all dressed up, she cut my hair, she pasted my head down with masking tape and cut my bangs straight across, yeah. And uh, I had, you know, we had to sit like we were this wonderful family while Mrs. Bickle, the first grade teacher, came to assess the, the situation. <laughs> wow. Wow. But there was not, there was not one social worker, not one agency, not one, you know, and I was such a ragmuffin. I mean, I don't, I have zero pictures from that time. I don't have anything to like, you know, hold up for you or, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm. And the grandparents, I guess, I mean, if they had you every weekend, I guess maybe that's, you know, what they could do. They took me to church and, um, you know, made sure I I would go home with, you know, cleaner clothes and stuff. But by the time I came back on the weekends, I'm sure I, you know, and then when my, like I said, when my grandpa died, my Nana didn't drive. So that was, you know, that was hard too. Um, So we used to get rides to church or we take the bus, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. there's some, there's some good Nana memories too of, Mm -hmm. It just wasn't like it is now. It, it, it was, I don't want to say it was so much better, but it was just so much more wholesome. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we'd walk to the corner and get on the bus and go into Woolworths and have lunch at the counter. And I, I, I'm making myself sound very, very old, but you know, it was 50 years. Well, I guess yeah, it was like 50, 51 years ago. Yeah. But it was just, there's, it was just more together. And, you know, there wasn't cell phones. There wasn't this technology stuff that, you know, so it was just, mm-hmm. you know, going to Woolworths for lunch and it was fun. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. A lot has changed in 50 years. Um, for sure. Yeah, def- definitely. A lot has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you and your brother talked about this now as adults? Have you um, like, we've never like formally sat down and like, I'll ask him questions every now and then. But um, like I said, I haven't used his name because he is pretty private and he's, mm-hmm. I don't want to say he's, where he lives, he's well-known. School mm-hmm. teacher for 35 years, you know, a lot of people know him. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, he's, he's just one of the best people I've mm-hmm. ever met in my life. And mm-hmm. he takes zero credit. He takes, he's as humble as the day is long. He would never, 
like I haven't told him I'm doing this. I haven't told anybody. I told you that. I've told my yeah. I have not told a soul except my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I just um, I don't know that he would be embarrassed, but I he I probably have a lot of really horrible memories that he doesn't even know about because I just haven't you know shared a whole lot about that. But well, and he was um, gone for all those years too. He then. was gone for a right. while. Yeah, he was at school and all, but um, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, if if there's a hero, it's him. Yeah. So, and sadly, my brother that died, like my, um, he was at my wedding. He, like I said, he, they were both on either side of me when I got married and, and all, and great guy. He could, he could take apart anything and put it back together again. Salesman till the you know end of the day, married a wonderful, wonderful person, but his demons just could not, he couldn't, he just couldn't um, break away from the drinking couldn't mm, mm. And, I, and I truly believe that you know it's a gene maybe you know grandfather yeah. father brother you know it just it's very embedded in my family mm-hmm. very very embedded mm-hmm. so it was you know that was that was hard really really super nice guy mm. yeah I love him but yeah I enabled yeah. him I gave him money I, I mean I, I'll be the first to admit because I just wanted to keep that whole thing at bay. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. I, I probably should have said, listen, you need help. But I, didn't, I never did. Yeah. I guess that's a message too. If you're listening and someone you love needs help because of alcoholism and drug addiction, don't wait. Mm-hmm. My brother's dead and I can't get him back. So I think, yeah. I think um, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, um, you know, my, my mother's death led, it, like I told you, it's a whole broader story because my memories of her, I envy women um, that have memories of their moms. Mm-hmm. I wish I did. Yeah. I wish I could say, oh my gosh, we had the most fun together when mm-hmm. I got nothing. Mm-hmm. So, and there was yeah. never a stepmom. There was never another marriage. There was never any other, um, except for my friend's moms. Mm-hmm. You know, and when my, my sister-in-law, um, and her mother, I always, I still tease my sister-in-law now because growing up, her mom was um, very nurturing and all, everything was just nice. It wasn't mm-hmm. expensive. It wasn't elaborate. It was just nice. Picnics were nice, you know? Um, so now when I have people here and my husband says, you always go overboard. I'm like, well, you can blame. And then <laughs> blame my sister-in-law and her mother, because they always made picnics and family functions everything nice so I I tease her now I'm like yeah I got in trouble again for going overboard because that's the way you showed me how to do it I I was very blessed to have loving women in my life Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yep yeah yep but I'll tell you what man 50 years and that the pain does not go away no yeah it doesn't leave Mm -hmm. yeah and some people say that you get over your grief you don't ever no you know yeah you don't yeah and that's okay I mean it's love you know it's Mm -hmm. love that you still have you still have yeah um I mean she probably does too um but you shouldn't get over it I don't think you know no No. it's being I don't want to get over it you know I and I I just pray someday that we're reunited yeah I really Mm -hmm. I really pray that um, somebody spoke to her about the Lord and somebody, you know, I don't, I don't know where her faith journey was, 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. mm-hmm. that, that's yeah. just one of my prayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amy, uh, I believe, you know, that I usually wrap up the podcast. If there's something final thought or something you want to share before we say goodbye today. Well, I think that I said earlier that, um, you know, lots of women that I've listened to on your show and I love it, um, you know, leave with little messages of, you know, keep going and it does get better and share your story. So um, I'm going to change it up a little bit and just say thank you. Um, I'm a firm believer in thank yous. I've always made my kids write thank you notes. Um, But there's so many women um, growing up that made sure that my hair was washed and made sure that um, I got a ride or a ride home or let me sleep at their house. Um, so, and, and so I'm just going to shout out a couple names from my childhood and, um, so I'm going to shout out to, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Polygon and Mrs. Crego and Mrs. Cato and Mrs. Austin and Mrs. Razik and, um, Mrs. Caldwell. And um, the two ladies that live next door to me um, on our block, actually there's three of them, um, Mrs. Razik and Mrs. Wright and Mrs. Zinn. Um, without these women, um, you know, kind of guiding me and showing me and making sure I was clean, mm. you know, it, it meant a lot to me, ladies. And I just, you know, I'm sure that, you know, some of them have passed by now. I know some of them have, but, um, they were the women that stepped up too, you know, and, and nurtured me and just, just were really good people in my life. And I just want them to know that I really do appreciate it. Um, my sister-in-law and her mother, I can't, I can't repay them for, for all the guidance that they, you know, for all the guidance that they showed me and, um, just becoming a woman and getting married and having my babies. And, you know, and I wasn't always nice. And I, and I know that now I wasn't always nice, but I do love them and I do appreciate it. And mm-hmm. I guess my final, final thought is I just miss my mom. It's mm-hmm. been a really long time, you know, 50 years is a long time, but I hope that she knows that, you know, I think I've become a good person and my kids are beautiful. She would love my kids so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and I think she has, she has a great granddaughter. Yeah. It's amazing. Hmm. Yeah, it really is. It was, it's it's been a very good life and I'm very thankful to God that he has blessed me with the people that he put into my life. So there I'm done now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think, like you said, after you become a mom yourself, you really realize um, the magnitude of that relationship and that those women um you know cared for you in a way that yeah. they didn't have to or you know but th- once you become a mom yourself you're just like wow so yeah so thankful so grateful yeah. I've been yeah. I've been very blessed too that you know I teach at a very low income school and I've been um able to maybe you know a, a kid needs a lunch so I'll quick go get it or a kid needs a pair of socks like so in little silly ways you know I can kind of repay that or pay that forward Mm -hmm. um teaching is a great profession it really is Mm -hmm. 
Like I always say, I'm sorry that you're part of the club, but I really appreciate you being here. And Amy's podcast will be released May 16th this year. Happens to be a Tuesday when I release podcasts. So it will be released on May 16th, the 50th anniversary of your mom's passing. And thank you for being here. Yeah, absolutely. If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in sharing your story on the podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.